Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I hope everyone slept well and is uh, bright and happy this morning. Let's uh, let's begin with a meditation together, okay? So please make yourself comfortable. And after you've adjusted your seat, just scan your body, make sure that you're completely relaxed, stable. Check the position of your your spine and your shoulders, your arms and your hands, your lips and your teeth and your tongue, your eyes, and completely relaxed. Feel the sense of being supported by the earth. Just let your awareness settle into your body. Be fully present in your body. The pressure of the cushion against your buttocks and your legs. The feeling of stillness settle into your body. Stillness, comfort, and stability. The whole variety of sensations that you may feel on, on your skin, on your face, and your hands. now gently gather this awareness to that place where the breath enters and leaves your body. Settle your awareness there. Begin to notice the sensations of the breath, particularly noticing the beginning and the ending and the pause and the beginning and the ending and the pause. your breath settled, with your attention settled on these sensations, count ten breaths. When you've succeeded in counting ten breaths without needing to start over, then cease to count and just continue to observe the sensations of the breath.
you'll notice that even while you're closely observing the breath, there are other thoughts that come and go, other awarenesses, sensations. That's all right. Let these things be. Just try to stay with the breath. Since your awareness is not exclusively of the breath only anyway, you can choose what else to share your awareness of the breath with. Check into your body. Make sure it's relaxed. If there's any tension anywhere, let it go. Without losing awareness of the breath, check into that feeling of stillness, and settledness, and stability in your body. And now refocus very clearly on the breath. Since there are other thoughts coming and going in your mind anyway, let some of those thoughts be about the sensation of the breath and about your perception of it. Notice as clearly as you can when each in and out breath begins and ends. And then allow yourself to think about which is longer, the in breath or the out breath.
completely relaxed physically and mentally, alert, comfortable, happy. Give some consideration to the pause between the in-breath and the out-breath, and the pause between the out and the in-breath. Which one of those is longer? If distracting thoughts take you away from this consideration, it doesn't matter. Just gently bring your attention back. Continue your investigation. Stay relaxed. Stay happy.
without losing awareness of the sensations of the breath. Gradually expand your awareness. Just check into your body. Make sure you're relaxed and comfortable. Let go of any tension you find anywhere. focusing on the breath. Give some consideration to just how clearly you perceive the beginning and the ending of the in and out breath. Four points. Do you perceive them all equally clearly? Let's make a subtle mental shift. Those same four points, but let's think of them as the beginning of the pause and the ending of the pause, and the beginning of the next pause and the ending of the pause. Continue investigating in this way until the entire breath cycle becomes clearly and firmly established in your awareness. And then just allow your mind to keep following. 
even though other thoughts and awarenesses pass through your mind at the same time. You might notice that as you just follow the sensations of the breath, that there's a sense of calmness, peacefulness, and clarity. Without losing awareness of the breath, continuing to follow it, allow your awareness to also include that peacefulness and that calm, that clarity and that stability. body and your mind, relaxed and alert. Other thoughts may come and go. Let them just always come back. 
cycle of the breath, that sense of relaxed alertness. How delightful it is just to sit here and be. Just to sit here and breathe. Letting anything and everything else just pass through you.
Good morning. How was that? to be careful about judgments like that, but I know what you mean. What's that? I, actually, that's something that uh, uh, a lot of people find helpful to do is to let that kind of visual imagery arise uh, to to help them to focus more clearly and, and to stay stay with the following of the breath. That, and, and other people find that uh, you know a, a verbal noting is helpful too. You know, like just thinking to yourself, beginning and beginning, yeah, things like that. So. Feel free to to do those things. You know, whatever whatever helps. It's uh, and you will as as the mind responds to the training, and it becomes easier and easier to stay with these things. Then those sorts of visual images and those uh, mental verbal assists, you'll find you don't need them anymore, and they're just in the way. And so you just let go of them at that point, and it allows you to have an even clearer and and, and uh, uh, more fully present perception because your mind's not sort of operating in a couple of different modes at once. Yeah. Yes? Um, and I already decided to follow the, the, the instruction and this, this is a different way from, from I used to do the meditate but I'm trying to that. A very interesting thing I have observed is, um, I think it's a new beginning, okay, when uh, I watched the breath, you know, and that, and I found out sounds similar, seems like my mind and body, they are kind of communicating, uh, no, no, two, two, two entities there, okay, and my first ask the body to breathe the way my want to is I want to watch. Okay, so 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 body breathing that way. Okay, when is star and when is uh, pause and when that and I feel I, I, I see the body try to cooperate with mind or I should say mind manipulate the body and come to the certain point the body don't want to listen and body just continue, you know, just forget the mind, just do the, their own. And I see the mind uh, a little bit, oh, what happened? I, could, I couldn't see, I couldn't see, you know. And, and my uh, body stop, uh, uh, slow down. But at that time, the body don't want to slow down, just want to the way. Yeah. And the mind just feel like, uh, oh, I couldn't see that clear. It seems like a continue, continue breathing and not pause. But then, later on, I found a mind 
then getting settled down and willing to follow the body, you know, mind has a little bit stopped to to want to body follow the mind. It is that I, I see that in between. Then when the mind ceases to command and uh, just uh, lost the mind, the, the observation, you know, for, for the, the clear observation for a while, then mind can more clear to see what's happened to the body and, and, and that, and getting more and more clear. And uh, also, I, I just observed this part. And also the, um, uh, the energy part, you know, from the body, but because this and 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 the energy part is kind of uh, not as strong. And, and mind also want to compare from this method and the youth method. And once realize that, and my few time and mind just stop and, and and follow the body. So so this this morning I observe is this this way, and and pretty much okay and follow that. And once a while, mind also come to try to control a little bit mm -hmm. and, and back and forth a few times until later on it's very calm and very subtle and get into uh, uh, the way I used to, that, that kind of state. Mm -hmm. That's my observation. That's a very clear description. Could you all hear what she said and follow what she was, the intention of what she was saying? Anybody that uh, couldn't, yeah, you you could couldn't hear or couldn't follow. Couldn't quite hear or follow. So, uh, and and correct me if I misrepresent what you're saying. Uh, some of the others of you may have noticed this as well. Is that as I'm calling your attention to things like the beginning and the end of the breath, there's this tendency. That you know, I, I said at some point, do you see all four of these equally clearly? And very likely, sometimes the experience you have is, well, no, you don't. And there's a tendency then to uh, make the part of the breath cycle that's not so clear clearer by changing the breathing, maybe making the breathing a little sharper or, or stronger or whatever, right? Now, what was really interesting about the way she described this is she didn't slip into saying, I, 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 I want it, I, I, I. She said, the, the mind and the body. Like these, she had the sense that there was these two different processes. I'd call these two different processes. One is, is the part of your mind that is trying to observe very clearly each part of the breath. And then there's the other part of your mind that has the ability to alter the breath and these two are interacting and so the part of the mind that can make the breath a little sharper or a little clearer or make the, uh, the adjust the breath cycle in such a way so it's a little more easy to clear easy to observe will respond to the desires and the intentions of the part of the mind that's doing the observing but uh, that doesn't mean that there's a self that's controlling this. Just a, you know, it, it's a response. But she described 
a kind of an interaction, a dynamic interaction between these, you know, so that uh, the body did this for a little while, but then it didn't want to do it anymore. And so I quit. And that was all right, because now the, the, the mind could just focus in and observe with more clarity, even while the body just breathed in its own natural way. And so, and this is, this is what you come to. Uh, when you start, now let me just point out to you what I was doing in this. I was being the trigger for your introspective awareness, right? So when you meditated by yourself, uh, sometimes you'd get you'd get lost in the observation of the sensations of the breath, and once you were lost in it, in other words, you were you were conscious of those sensations, but you weren't really being conscious of the uh, of, of the, of observing them. You were just engrossed in observing them. Yes, you were, you were conscious of the sensations, but you weren't conscious of being an observer. And once you've lost that, once you kind of get lost in observing the sensations, then it's very easy for your mind to slip away to something else. So I kept coming in as your introspective awareness, bringing you back to being aware of what you were doing. Right? Okay. So... But anyway, as, as a part of this, when you start focusing in and, and you're in that place of evaluating the clarity with which uh, your perception of the different sensations is there, then you also start to experience the, uh, uh, the sort of thing that Deborah was describing. And what's important when that happens is you don't get caught in a thought process of, Oh, I'm controlling my breath. I'm not supposed to control my breath. Because you're not. There's, there's not really this little being inside that's pulling the levers anyway. There is just these different mental processes. And as much as possible, you stay in the place of observer. Not only observing the sensations of the breath, but observing the way sometimes the body alters the breath to make the sensations more clearly and observing the mind as it observes the sensations and just basically observing whatever is there and all of these things are there. Yeah. Maybe there's another way of addressing this question uh, and that is by seeing that there are two senses in which you understand the instruction of seeing clearly. Uh, one, some people may understand seeing clearly as meaning that uh, you are expected to see things in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that understanding, they ended up intervening in the process. Mm-hmm. And also, they ended up generating the expectation mm-hmm. that uh, the sensations have to be of this magnitude of, of palpability and so mm-hmm. forth. But then, I think that maybe the proper, the more proper way of understanding this instruction would be that even in regard to very subtle, obscure, hard to see phenomena, you learn to maintain mental clarity about that. Mm-hmm. So it's not about changing the, the obscure into clear, but rather it's about knowing clearly what is obscure and what is clear. Yes, that, that's absolutely right. Uh, and where that particular aspect of things becomes uh, very pertinent is as your concentration deepens, your breath becomes fainter and shallower. 
and you'll have this experience or sometimes I can't even sense the sensations of the breath. Sometimes you can't even feel them. And the proper response is that that's not a problem. You just keep observing and observing that you you know that there is something happening there but it's too subtle for you to detect. That is the essence of the observation is observing observing that there's not a sensation that you can clearly detect. Because you you are when I say you're the, the passive observer, you're just seeing what's there. You don't ha- it's not that you have to see anything in particular. You just have to see what's actually there. Yeah. So Good. I thought your other questions were pretty real too. <laughs> oh, okay. I happen to know that the physical reality of the situation is that your breathing is a sine wave. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone's asleep and you actually monitor with electronic equipment, it's a sine wave. Mm-hmm. So I imagine if you're perfectly relaxed and not intervening, it would be a sine wave. So there really is no point of the in-breath starting, except that's a single one point at the bottom, you know, but there's a floor there where you might not be able to feel it, so that point where it enters the floor is the end of the out-breath, and where it emerges from the floor is the beginning of the in-breath, so that feels like maybe points, but on the in-breath, you can feel it the whole time, there's no floor, because so, for me, actually feeling a separate ending of the in-breath and a separate starting of the out-breath, it actually doesn't feel like that. When you said, see the four points clearly, or try to, I drew my little mm-hmm. diagram in my head, I did feel like I was intervening in making those things sharper than, in fact, my body would if I was just fully relaxed. Well, the fact that both both your breathing and your mind can make those points sharper than you might posit that they really are. Well, in terms of the body, to accentuate the beginning and, and ending of a breath is something that happens. That's just due to a change in the strength of the muscular muscular contraction that is producing the movement. Uh, as far as the mind goes, the accentuation of a point comes in terms of uh, really what's happening, you know, I, I, I would disagree with you uh, with your description. The in-breath ends I mean, when you're breathing out, there is no in-breath sensation. The air moving one direction produces a different sensation than the air moving the other direction, and the in-breath doesn't go on during the out-breath. So it has to have an end, logically. (laughs) Those sensations don't go on forever, so there is a point where they don't exist anymore. But what I... I, uh, I, I, I know what your mind is going to do, is there's going to be a period in there where the that as the sensations of the in-breath come to an end, it is becomes so subtle 
that you can't clearly say that they have completely stopped yet or not. And then your mind, a little bit arbitrarily, superimposes its own, okay, that's the point. And that's fine. And that's, that's, that's absolutely fine. That's, you know, uh, what happens over the course of doing that hundreds of times and thousands of times is actually the, your sensitivity to the sensation increases. And we may say that, well, yes, in, in reality, there's never some precise instant. You know, your mind is always sort of choosing a point. But it's becoming more and more refined and more and more accurate as your sensitivity increases. So for all practical purposes, there, there is a point. Certainly as much as there needs to be for you to come to a place of clarity of perception that allows you to relax into the observation and follow the breath. You know, and you have this, you've established through this close examination a certain degree of clarity that now you can relax into and, you know, the breath in and the breath out and the breath in and you continue to follow it. And when the, as that becomes established and as your mind becomes stable in that, you know, the sensation of the in-breath and the sensation of the out-breath, and you become familiar with that degree of clarity and your mind throughout this whole time, your mind has been aware of other uh, other thoughts and other kinds of sensory awarenesses being being present, but you can become clearly aware of when that clarity begins to dissolve as your mind is drawn towards some other thought or responding to some other physical sensation, and you're aware of that diminished clarity, and you bring the mind back into into focus on the sensations of the breath. Or dullness begins to, we can call both dullness and distraction as to as a kind of uh, 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 dim, diminishing of the clarity of the intention. There's a scattering of awareness to other thoughts or other sensations or there's a scattering of awareness into dullness, and they both produce the same effect, that, that this series of sensations that you're following so clearly, whether it's dullness or distraction, they lose that clarity. Okay? And so you can become aware of what's happening. And this is, you see, in, in the second stage of the practice, your periods of staying with the breath are so short that you know you you're limited in what you can do, and hopefully with this guided meditation, everybody had some nice long periods with the breath, which allow you to have have a lot more clarity of appreciation of what's going on, and this is also helping you to understand what is the value of training my mind to stay anchored on something. But you become aware of the of the drifting of the attention, the movement of the mind, and the way that happens. As you stay longer and longer in this place, you begin to start to discern the different kinds of thoughts that arise and pass away. And that some of them are stronger 
uh, in their impact on others. And likewise, the reaction of your mind to sensations, sounds. Your mind is strongly drawn to certain sounds, and other sounds are just, it's just a little niggle, it's just a little, little blip. And you start to become aware of that. So as you have longer and longer periods of stable attention, you start to really understand the dynamics of this inner landscape of your mind. And you'll see, and what you'll experience is that sometimes, as I said, your awareness of the breath is still there, but it's really kind of slipped off on the periphery and you're actually engaged with some thought process or your mind is more focused on some you know, s- s- sense of tension that's in your knee or something like that. You become aware of that and you can shift the one into the background again and refocus on the sensation of the breath. Uh, you can begin to notice how, how these different thoughts and sensations tend to displace the awareness. You know, and for myself, I sort of discern three different ways it happens. One is that there's some thoughts and some sensations that exert a strong influence drawing the attention. You know, like I, I mentioned, there's certain kinds of sounds that when they happen, they just, you know, you, it, it's very palpable. The attention is drawn to that sound. It's just right, right to it. And the same thing, there's some thoughts that they come up. And you can you, you feel the attraction of that thought and the pull of that thought. You know, these these are the the seductors or the abductors. You know. But then there's another kind of thought that comes up, and it's just there in the background, and it kind of creeps up, and it gets stronger and stronger. And at some point, you realize that, well, you know, th- this has kind of come in, and, and and that's pushing the awareness of the breath aside, and you're really you're now engaged with this thought that seems so innocuous it was just there in the background you know it it kind of crept up on you, you know, snuck in there sort of took over and some some physical distractions are like that as well some pains or sensations or sounds you know some sound outside that at first it's really easy to ignore but it keeps coming back and after a while you find that when it comes, it's triggering thought processes and you're, you're getting more and more engaged with it. And the third kind is the kind that just ambushes you. Here you are, you're nicely focused on the sensations of the breath, and all of a sudden, wham, you're on something else. Where did that come from? How did that happen? You know. So I, I, my whole point in describing this is just that this is where you're going to, when you have longer periods of stable attention, you're starting to have a more uh, concrete experience of the process, processes that take place in your mind and how they interact. Yes? Uh, just to follow up uh, of uh, Neil's question, because I was actually having exactly the same question before he brought it up, and that is about the pauses yes. between uh, breaths. Now, I understand that all methods, including this method of noticing the beginning and ending of each breath, uh, are created with intended purposes, and of course they all come with shortcomings and and limitations and so forth. And I understand that the purpose of this this method is most likely about the development of sustained awareness of the entire uh, duration of inhalation and exhalation. 
Now, because I, I have observed that you are teaching this class in a way that is quite distinct from the way you taught in the past, or in, at least in some ways. And so I am noticing the different effects that, the, that this different instruction have on my practice. Now, very specifically in the past, I um, was uh, benefited greatly from your instruction on your, on your, on your differentiation of what is pure sensations on one hand and what is conceptualization on the other hand. And you, I remember that you have explained to me that um, our idea that, oh, I am breathing in right now, or I, the body is breathing out right now, is actually an, an added um, conceptualization that we superimpose upon a series of pure sensations. And so from the, the, from the very start of my starting to practice with your instruction, I've learned to dedicate all my effort into pure awareness, awareness of this pure sensation without worrying about, uh, oh, I am uh, breathing in right now, I'm breathing out right now, this is the beginning, this is the end. And as a result of that kind of practice, and with, a, with an occasional reminder that this has to be done with uninterrupted, sustained attention, I have found it to be, uh, so conducive mm -hmm. in, in honing the, the, the quality of my attention. And now that when I'm instructed to, um, to observe the different stages of the breath and also to notice the pause, at least for me personally, I, I find it to be contrived, if, if that's the, the, the proper word, and then I, I notice that I have to uh, allocate considerable uh, amount of my attention to the generation and the maintenance of these perceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand that you, you have in mind that you know there are people with little or no background in meditation, but I recall that even when I was a novice meditator, I, I benefited greatly from this other kind of teaching that you're shown. So. Yes, yes ma'am? Uh, I would say that um, sort of on another side of that, I, I found in my own practice that that having a very sort of uh, casual approach to the breath, and for me personally, has led to more of the choiceless awareness sort of uh, practice that you mentioned earlier, in terms of just sort of maintaining the breath and also just sort of letting it just uh, drift off. And I, I find this practice today was very helpful in, in maintaining a, bit, a little bit more of a, a sharp concentration on the breath itself uh, it gave me a sense of more of a concentrated feeling more than more so than uh, uh, like that casual sort of let be what what may be sort of uh, approach I, I appreciate that very much I recall though from your manual that you mentioned that once concentration is developed to a certain point then you do away with the idea that you're breathing or breathing out altogether and in fact that's the state that I would usually find myself mm -hmm. in, I don't even know whether that's in-breathing or yes. out-breathing. Yeah. Okay, well first of all, it, it's not, it wasn't my intention, intention to de-emphasize that. I may have just failed to emphasize that as, uh, as, as thoroughly as I might have. And I'd like to do that right now. I mean, think about it. Close your eyes, put your attention on this, and 
there is, you know, uh, there is only these sensations. This, this is the reality of your experience, is that there are only some sensations there. You immediately attach concepts to those sensations. You know, as I said, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier the example, you hear a sound and you think, that's, that's the bird, you know, or that's a car. And there is no bird or car in the sound, right? That's only in, in your mind. And the same thing is true, that when you're sitting and meditating on the sensations of the breath, there, uh, and this is a question of emphasis and stress, that's all there really is, is sensations. You know, the, the of the breath is a construct of the mind. That through all of our previous experience and conditioning, we have developed uh, this conceptual understanding that oh yes, that sensation is the sensation of breathing in, of air from out there moving through my nose and producing that sensation. But in fact, the air is just a, a concept that we, a, a label that we use to identify the source of that sensation, as is the nose and is the, the whole idea of in or out. These are all just conceptualizations that come on secondarily. And uh, yes, I, I do want you to try to keep that always in your mind that all there really is is the sensation. The rest of it is just what your mind makes up to account for the sensation. Okay. So in, in the way we're speaking, there is a particular sensation or not a sensation, it's actually an unfolding series of many sensations, but they're the ones that, out of habit, you immediately attach the concept of in-breath to. And then those sensations, that particular series of sensations ends. And there's another distinct series of sensations that we attach the label out-breath to. But all there really are are the two sets of sensations. The pause, one particular set of sensations ends and there is a small lapse of time before the other set of sensations begins. As you continue to practice, you probably at some point, it won't be so much of a pause anymore. Your sensitivity, the power of your mindful awareness will become so great that there are sensations there as well but they're just not the same, sens same sensations that were associated with the inward movement of the air. Right? They're the sensations that occur when that movement stops and when the temperatures begin to change during that period of stillness before the outward movement begins. But there is still that thing that we call the pause. So. As your, as your ability to discriminate more and more subtle sensations, then the pause is no longer so much a gap in sensation as it is its own unique set of sensations. And once again, where one set of sensations begins and where it ends, where the sensations of the in-breath end and the sensations of the pause begin, is, is very subtle. And it's not as though there is some perfect instant in time that you're going to identify, but your mind is going to settle on a particular 
place where he says, okay, you know, that, that's over with and, and this other thing begins. And that's all right. The other thing is that as you proceed in your practice and become more and more focused, you, your mind in the earlier stages is very busy. It's not only uh, paying attention to these sensations, but sort of subliminally beneath the surface, it's concerning itself with all kinds of worldly affairs and what's for lunch and everything else. And the thoughts that you're aware of are just the ones that sort of em- emerge uh, enough towards the surface that you that you become consciously aware of them. There's a whole lot more going on that, that you're not aware of. Your mind is a busy place. But while you're observing those sensations in the beginning, you can't keep this from happening that there's the sensation and that sensation is accompanied by mental activity that conceptualizes air and nose and in and out and the rest of it. But as you go along and you become more and more focused, all of this extraneous mental activity diminishes and you will actually come to the place where there's no longer this conceptualization attached to this. You, You are so focused on just following the sensations as they unfold and as they change and as the next set of sensations arises and folds, uh, changes and comes to an end. You'll be some, so completely focused on that that the mind won't go to this other place and attach the conceptual labels. And you'll have the experience, as uh, William mentioned it, you don't even know anymore whether this is the in-breath or the out-breath. I mean, you you can know. In an instant, you can identify, you know, because the patterns are stored and the recognition will happen and the concept will arise. But you become aware that to know, you know, I mean, you're you're following this pattern, but you've lost the labels. And you can recover the labels easily enough, but it's interesting that you've lost them. And you've lost them because some part of your mind stopped, you know, sticking the little strip of paper with the word in-breath on there and the other little strip of paper with out-breath on there, you know, as you go along. Stop generating those concepts. Uh, And and that that is the reality, and your mind will approach this reality. And it's very helpful for you to recognize intellectually right from the beginning, but, well, yeah, of course, that's all there is, is these sensations. And then part of what will grow in your awareness is is the way that your mind is jumps from a sensation to the concept that it labels it with. It goes from rupa to nama, from, uh, from the sensation that results from the physical process to the mind's conceptualization and labeling of it. And it's constantly doing this little dance. What you, when you become aware of that, it leads to some profound insight. It's true insight. Because you realize this is happening all of the time. If when you're sitting and your eyes close and there's a sound and your mind generates the concept of bird in response to that, and, and then if you let it, all this other stuff comes along after it, you realize this is what's happening all of the time. There's sensations and your mind is generating all of these ideas of things and interactions between things and and this causes that and and, you know everything else that it's generating 
And when you turn towards that and you start noticing it, you realize that although there is a continuous, uninterrupted stream of sensory information of all of the different kinds, sight, sound, tactile, smell, taste, that this is just constantly streaming through, that what your mind is doing is it's just sampling here and there. It, it just takes a bite here and then constructs a whole piece of the world out of it. And then it goes back for another bite and it modifies its picture of the world to correspond to the changes it observes and so forth. And you start to... Uh, this is a powerful insight. This is, this is a, a, a really important insight. But you see how this evolves out of, out of the practice. And, of course, if no one ever pointed out to you that... Uh, all there really are when you close your eyes and meditate on the breath is sensations. And your mind is what accounts for all the idea of in and out breath and everything. You might, you, you probably would still discover this, but it would take you a whole lot longer to discover it. So with a few pointers, the experience of meditation will lead to insight, these kinds of insights more quickly. Insights into, this is actually insight into emptiness. People struggle so much intellectually to try to understand emptiness and read books about it and teachers give, you know, three-hour DVD talks on this is what emptiness is. You know, but it's right there all of the time, you know. You can't see it because you haven't let your mind get settled enough and clear enough and sharp enough to be in that place where it becomes obvious. But once you do, it becomes really obvious. It, it becomes, oh, yeah, my goodness. You know, how could anybody write a whole book trying to explain something as obvious as it? <laughs> but but that's, that's why we meditate, is to come to, to these in, in, insights. And uh, I, as I say, I didn't mean, I didn't intend to de-emphasize that very, very important point. I just... Perhaps then my eagerness to convey other aspects of the, of the training failed to emphasize it sufficiently. It's, that's why I'm so glad to have you here. I have so many patients. It might have slipped right by me without your comment. So. I also wanted to point out that I also benefited greatly by your past explanation that conceptual, conceptualization doesn't just take the form of words. Yeah. They also take the form of Imagery concepts, you know, state, spatial, temporal uh, relations, that sort of things. And so, even though as we're breathing and we're not thinking out loud, oh, breathing in, breathing out, there may be still all these visual or conceptual models taking place. And once you do away with them, then you realize that your awareness becomes so much more comprehensive. And that's really the time when impermanence becomes a, a lived reality. Yes. That, that's our very good, very good to mention that. Yes? Uh, why you, you describe the uh, earlier reading um, the meditate and mind, you know, follow the, the breathing and, and later on, it's kind of uh, uh, know the conceptual that just pretty much follow the, the sensation mm -hmm. and, and, and the way. And, and while I hear that, I just have a question wondering that. Is that also the awaken? 
uh, people, you know, they they see the world, just follow that and 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 without those minds conceptions. So so just like meditate, you know, later on the stage is kind of get into that. I don't know how to describe it. Get into that. The fact it is, is uh, and without those mind, you know, put a label or put a uh, notice or something, and just, just, just like a, we don't have that. Uh, we we kind of see this, but we interpret it from the mind and, and, and give the label, or give the word, you know, create a word from this. But the awakened people is that pretty much just that's it. No, this side. Is that my uh, an awakened person's mind still generates appearances, but the difference is that they are experienced as appearances, not as uh, substantial realities of their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so pretty much just just like a, uh, I just wondering that the, the the meditate this kind of process is also later on. You know, for the awakened, you know, it is similar. This kind. Of the what? Yeah, it, it is similar, but most, especially, what's similar is uh, it's. Uh, you see, uh, uh, even a Buddha would have have trouble functioning in the world if the only thing they experienced was a flux of sensations with no uh, with no constructs added to those sensations right so the 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 brain and the mind of the buddha continues to generate the construct but the difference is that the they are perceived as they truly are as constructs arising in the mind to Account for the sensations. Okay, so that's that's the similarity is that they're seen uh, as they are immediately and intuitively known as empty of any self nature in and of themselves. They're immediately and intuitively known as appearances arising out of causes and conditions that are functional. See, they, they serve a purpose, they function, they, they, they allow the Buddha to know that to continue to proceed he needs to turn the doorknob and open the door, which are just conceptual fabrications to account for sensation. But in, in order to proceed, that it's, it's necessary, that it's necessary to uh, exercise the functional reality of these appearances. But they are not—they uh, are not experienced as substantially real from their own side. They are absolutely, clearly, unmistakably, through and through understood for exactly what they are: these empty fabrications, which are the means by which the mind allows us to navigate. Yeah, I think my my. Uh, 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 what the as you say, wondering all that is, uh, in fact, 
the meditation, this process, is also the awakening that process. In, in fact, I, I see the, I almost see the, uh, uh, the same process. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that right? Well, that's right. The, the, the process of insight that develops through the meditation practice is, is the process of developing the, uh, the understanding that, that on the one hand brings about the awakening and on the other hand characterizes the awakened state. So right from the very first time you start to meditate and your mind wanders and you emerge into the present moment long enough to realize that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, right? That is that is your first taste of awakening. That that that's a taste of what it is like to be in the state of being fully present with a greater than ordinary degree of uh, understanding and perceptual clarity. That that's that's the first small taste of it, and it just increases from that point. Because I see before in the past, I see more like a meditate is a method or, or, or tool for me to help to calm down the mind and to clear mind, and then to see the life and arrive. I see that tool and, and this helping that part. And but today I sense that in fact this, in fact, is that part too. You know mm-hmm. that is. It is together. So, so in fact, the the process in in the meditate is a process in this reality too. Uh, no, no, reality is <laughs> this is a, 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 a daily life too. You know? Well, it has so, a, so, yes. So, right, so right. I see that yeah. is is yeah. Your meditation yeah. is a very specialized piece of the whole of of, of your life, but it mm-hmm. is not. It's not intrinsically different at all. It is just a part of it, and it's one where the method part is to be able to simplify the situation and clarify the situation and focus the mind so so that uh, you can achieve this this kind of clarity and understanding, which you can't when you're you're lost in the in the maelstrom of uh, both uh, sensory and, and mental activity of our ordinary daily life. So we sit down, we slow it down, and we focus it. And one of the biggest things that we do uh, is to uh, uh, to close our eyes. And of course, you can meditate and do the same things that you practice with your eyes open. But you still, it is such a great step forward in simplification when we disengage the mind from interpreting visual data. You think about how dominated we are by vision. And also, you know, we can, you can focus your attention on sensations of the breath, and you can far more easily recognize that those sensations are just sensations and the interpretation my mind puts on them is an interpretation that comes secondarily. The same thing with sound. Chirp, chirp, that's one thing. 
bird, that's a separate thing. But with your eyes, you can't help when your eyes are open but see objects. But the objects you see are already mental creations. You know, your, your, your visual system is not only dominant, but it is also so fully emerged, merged with the attachment to the appearances that it generates. And it's no accident, actually, that so much of our language, you know, we watch the breath. And what do we call the fabrications of the mind that we know as uh, empty? We call them appearances. We use the visual terminology because that uh, it, it comes naturally to us, you know. So, uh, so when we sit down to meditate, uh, we are simplifying the circumstances of uh, what it means to be a human being, so that we can penetrate more easily into the true nature of what what it is. And one of the biggest steps we do, uh, biggest steps we make, is the disengagement from from the visual. Uh, and and then of course we find a nice quiet place. We largely disengage from the auditory, which is uh, not nearly as strong as the visual, but also very dominant. But what we're left with is the tactile. We're very much in the body. So usually what what you've done when you've meditated, when you start to meditate is you've taken the complex of five physical senses and the mental sense that is constantly aware of different thoughts, memories, and emotions that arise, and you've basically simplified it down to where there's just two. There's the bodily awareness and the mental processes. And this is an enormous simplification from everyday life. And this is, and these two, and you can play these two against the one against the other. The mind is active, going, going, churning, processing, interpreting, doing all of this stuff. But what you notice, and, and, and use this all the time in your meditation, use it when you have trouble going to sleep, use it whenever you need it, that bodily awareness is a powerful counterpart to mental processing. And so to calm the mind, Bring yourself into bodily awareness. These are two very different modes of, of, of knowing, experiencing, and being conscious. And uh, so the more fully you can become engaged with the awareness of bodily sensations, the, uh, the less you will be aware of mental activity. And the longer you sustain that engagement with bodily sensations, the uh, lesser the degree of mental activity that's actually taking place. Your mind starts to calm down. Right. So you, you see in meditation, one way of looking at meditation is we sit down and we take this fantastically complicated interactive dance of six sensory modes, the mind and the five physical senses, and we close our eyes and we go in a quiet place and we settle down, and now we've really got only two to deal with, the body and the mind. Anyway, I uh, kept you sitting here for a long time. You probably need to take a break, stretch, get a cup of tea.
for the watchman. So let's do that. Uh, take about a 15-minute break, okay?